This is Max Crosby, and you're listening to episode 126 of the Who's on Top podcast. And welcome back to episode 126 of the Who's on Top podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Fox. We are finally back in person, huddled over the microphone like a fire pit. And speaking of fire pits, the man who knows a thing or two about fire. Jeremy Giles watching his Jets disappoint him yet again. Hello, yes, we are currently at the second, near the end of the second quarter of the Jets game, and it is sad, and as always, I am at your service. And if I'm not at your service, just know I'm crying. Okay, I'm not sure about that play-by-play, but we have another play-by-play broadcaster in our midst from Rutgers. He's back, Alice Gordon. What's good, boys? I'm glad to be back in person. Excited for this podcast. And we don't have Jacob. He is in the holy land of Israel, still rocking his Giants sweatshirt and Syracuse shorts. He doesn't change, but we do have our favorite recurring guest. I don't even know if we should call him a guest anymore. Just... A recurring analyst. Special Max, guest. Max Crosby is back in the building. Whoop whoop. So be all happy to be back. All right, let's dive into it with the tip off. Tip tip. All the way for Zach Wilson. Throw deep downfield. It was short. Jeremy just died a little inside. The receiver of, was open. Just to be clear. Speaking of dying a little inside, let's talk about Major League Baseball because when we last talked about the MLB, we were. Talking about the big three free agents, Carlos Correa, Carlos Rodon, and Dansby Swanson. Well, they all went off the board. Carlos Rodon, as we expected, went to the Yankees. Dansby Swanson, as we expected, went to the Cubs. And Carlos Correa went to the Giants, except he didn't. At 2.45 in the morning, Correa opted out, well, didn't opt out, but canceled his deal with the Giants. Some issues over a foot injury from 10 years ago. And he's going to New York. Uncle Steve will just not stop spending. His payroll is now near $400 million, over $100 million more than any team, $150 million or so over the highest luxury tax. It is absolutely... $500 million with luxury tax. If you tax. include the tax, yes. Our big math guy over here. If you yeah. include the tax, he's paying $500 million. But he don't give a He's here to win. And I guess you could talk about Aaron Judge... Uh, he's the captain of the New York Yankees. Yes, sir. The captain. Um, well deserved. I, you know, a guy with that much champion experience, so you just got to give him give him the honor. Uh, we'll talk more about baseball. This is not a baseball podcast, thankfully, um, or baseball episode, I should say. Uh, but for now, let's go to Ellis. There will be plenty of stupid later in the episode. That's why we have Max here, but just a taste of some stupid here you go, Alice. This is more about college. We got bowl games. Honestly, bowl games bore me if I'm being straight up with you, but we'll, uh, I'll inform you on some of the bigger ones. SMU, BYU in the New Mexico Bowl. BYU wins by one. Louisville beats Cincinnati by 17 in a bowl game. Oregon State beat uh, Florida 30-3, demolished them in the Las Vegas Bowl. And, of course, we had signing season. Nothing that interesting that wasn't already per se, signed, like, there's no surprises. Travis Hunter, of course, goes to Colorado, but pretty much the classes stayed the same. If you want to look at the classes, I'm not going to run, go through each one, just go to 247 Sports, hmm. Alabama Hey, won. hey, hey, they don't advertise us, no plugs, no free Fair plugs enough. on the pod. Um, Alabama was one, Georgia was two, as per usual. Nothing that special, but it's always nice to see signed a 
Rockers, they got Scott Hansen to announce their entire signing oh, really? class. It was pretty cool. Uh, of course, signing class was mid. Regardless, on to <laughs> basketball. Biggest upset in a while. Iowa loses to... I've, there's so little, I forget the name of the school. They're like the 350th best school in all of college basketball. They lost by 11. It might single him to get them out of the tournament. To Eastern Illinois. Ooh, they got 92 points. I, I feel like I've heard that before. 347th in Kempom. There's only like 380 teams, by the way. Well, it's not, um, I mean, it's Eastern Illinois. It's not like, you know, Citadel. Like, no, it's not. It's a D1 school, yeah, but saying. barely. Yeah, I mean, they are without their two best players, but still, that is crazy. They are screwed, kind of. Listen, UConn just keeps humming along. Purdue keeps humming along, both undefeated. And New Mexico State, from out of nowhere, keeps humming along. Um, Patino beat his older dad, Rick Patino. In the Patino Bowl, beat Iona, so they're still undefeated. Some other games, Miami, behind the back of a brilliant Isaiah Wong display, beats Virginia. Wake Forest, three days after getting demolished by Rutgers, comes back and beats Duke by 11. So does that mean Rutgers is better than Duke? No, but I can I think about it. hate when people do that transitive um, property bullshit. I can think about it that way, but definitely not. Um, other than that, UCLA did beat Kentucky and then blew out Maryland. Maryland, of course, are, are I can maintain our fraud, so that was nice. To see, and Michigan lost to um, UNC by six. Hunter Dickinson, you're a loser. Mm. And yeah, that's really all I gotta say about that. That is college stuff, stupid sh- however you wanna say it. All right, but before we get into the crux of the stupid sh- the real turd monster of the stupid sh- it was a tough weekend for the boys. It was a yeah. tough weekend for the boys, and we're gonna go through it. I'm gonna start with Max, because not only did his fantasy team, who was by two points, heavy, heavy favorites. But the New England Patriots lost in one of the most bizarre, humiliating, disastrous ways. You wanna, you wanna just talk about it for a little bit? That's why we, yeah. I mean, you're here, might as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was <laughs> final drive. Patriots are on offense. The ball was in. Matt I appreciate Jones's you. Hand. Well, just hold up. I appreciate you not starting with the Keenan Cole touchdown and the. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, they score a touchdown. Doesn't matter. Derek if you have a quarterback that Jacob, you can believe Jake, in, he no. should be able to take you down the field and get you a field goal. One second, Max. Jacob and Max, Max and Max, something again for Jacob. If Jacob is the Pages face, like, can't call the refs up! Yeah. Max is like, all right, yeah. go on. Yeah, like, happens in games. There's always going to be bad calls. At the end of the day, you need quality players who can make up for that. And when I saw that there was about a minute left, Patriots had timeouts, mm-hmm. ball was in Mac Jones' hands, I was confident. <laughs> then they ran a draw, and I was like... <laughs> and we like burned 20 seconds off the clock. We ran a couple plays and stuff wasn't really going well. So eventually, I think there's about seven or eight seconds left on the clock, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's one more play until OT. The game's tied 24 24. I'm like, okay, let's just run another draw, I guess, and move on to the next part of the game where we have a chance to win. And then we run a draw. Monter Stevens, Stevens goes far because the defense is playing cover three deep. Mm. He's going, he's going, he's going. Hey, technical. Gets about 20, 30 yards. I'm like, okay, that was a cool run. Good for my fantasy team, my dynasty team, because that's like three points right there. And then boom, suddenly he ladders up to Jacoby Myers. I'm like, oh, sh. Now Patricia really cooked something up in his like offensive playbook today for once. Maybe they're having like a weird end around <laughs> like, here. They're like, going to get away to like get his points or some penalty or something. And then no. <laughs> Kobe Myers turns around, looks in the backfield, surveys for the person to, to do the next lateral to. Looks at all the wide receivers. Doesn't see an option. Looks at all the running backs on the field. Doesn't see an option. So he looks to the next skill position on the field. Throws it deep backwards. That is a very yards. generous use of the word skill position because he's 
very much not skilled or really has a position. Throws it deep downfield to Mac Jones. It is intercepted mm. by Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones looks down at the poor, helpless Mac Jones, who tried so hard earlier in the game and goes, <laughs> stiff arms him, waltzes his way into the end zone. Touchdown. Honestly, I'm not surprised. Mm. I'm just excited. It's accelerating the Patricia getting fired clock. Should have happened four weeks ago, but I am gleefully looking forward to when we pick someone off the San Francisco, San Francisco offensive staff or the Miami offensive staff or the Cincinnati offensive staff. Or AA them, offensive staff. Honestly, really offensive, anyone. Offensive <laughs> staff. It could be Bill O'Brien. It could be, honestly. No, you don't want that. You dude, don't want that. Even Max the Urban When Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator of Patriots, he, those were some of the best Brady years. That th- team was elected. For sure. Walker, but, but you see what he's doing with Alabama? You don't want him. He's, um, he's caught. And not only did Max's father-son team lose, his dynasty team won, which is bad for the tanking agenda. Actually, and, no, no, it doesn't matter, actually. The draft draft schedule's, draft order's already set. Okay. Draft order's yeah. set. I may actually win and have the number one pick. That would be pretty that crazy. You will. You've already, cool. you've already well, had the number one pick. So you yeah, I got Bijan. I have number four from finishing. Fifth. No, draft order set by playoffs. So it's not set. You're going to get five. No, no one does that. No one does that. Ah, uh, too late. I, 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 I might look into some collusion if I was the commissioner. We did that We did that, We did did that. that last year, so we can we can choose to change it next year, but you're going to be five. Um, For me, my fantasy, yeah. I tweeted out, and, um, you know, after having a couple days to digest, this was the my, my least favorite football weekend I've ever had, at least regular season. Not only did uh, my father-son team not just lose, a team that led the league in points, who was by seventy-seven? To Alex? No, uh, no, it was the it was uh. Oh, oh, father son, father son, father son. The four. We traded you, Josh Jacobs, in the Bruce Crosby team. Jones team lost by seventy-seven. Not only did my dynasty team lose, when all I needed to do was start Kirk Cousins instead of Tua, which I should have done in the first place. Not only did my Cape Cod team lose to my arch rival, and the, we'll talk about the Bucks later. But it was just I like depression was it, it, it was it wasn't good. It just was not good, not a good mental state. But fortunately, a lot of other people lost, so that makes me feel a little better. And lose, I did. And similar to the other two, the Jets lost in horrible fashion, probably kicked us out of the playoffs, which today seems to be cementing. But less importantly, my fantasy team, I was the number one seed. Honestly, I saw this coming. My yeah. team has been falling apart the last Your team really has. Right, like both players getting injured. Jeff Wilson's not what we thought he was. Same with Michael Carter, who we thought was replacing Brees Hall. And as Jets hit fans, Donovan Knight's great. As a Michael Carter owner, mm-hmm. not so great. And it's just, the team's really just not been playing great. I finished with a respectable 135 points. I'm not mad at that. But it ended, I was hoping I could at least squeak by this round, and it didn't happen. Uh, one thing I forgot, Brandon Ayuk. Well, actually, no. For Max, Pat Fryermuth, cardio player of the week, putting up a zero. For me, it's Brandon Ayuk with two. No, 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 no. Actually, it's three. Two catches for 19 yards. Good job, buddy. Um, Alice, you know, I know you're still on a high from the Blue Jays bringing in Chris Bassett. Uh, big pickup there, but what about football? Anything to say? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty much... I, I thought I was going to win Dynasty, but the Bucks suck so much that they just couldn't even Joe Burrow chances, and he was mm-hmm. literally why I lost Dynasty. Not really mattered anyway. It wasn't like I was being Jacob, but it would have been nice to win one week. But, you know, we'll see how this... I'm, I'm kind of... This year was a bad... It was Out of nine years in fantasy, this was my worst year ever. So, like, I guess the, I guess the only, like, 
consolation with that is like by week seven, week eight, I've kind of been numb to it in the sense that like, yeah, it sucks, but like I can see it all coming. So like, I don't feel the same pain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the pain was definitely there week seven, week eight. So mm-hmm. now whatever, but also the Giants won. Yeah, <laughs> Patrick is uh, Patrick is looking drippy on Thursday night football with his sweater. Jets legend. Terrell Lawrence having some wiping wiping some out. mud off his face. You know who the coach was when Ryan Pat Fitzpatrick almost sent for the Jets in the playoffs. Todd yeah, Bowles. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jerry, the trigger. But we gotta talk about this is why Todd Bowles destroyed that team. You want to know why they're never rolled up in again? Because we got Adam Gase as a coach. No, because you. Todd Bowles is better than Adam Gase. Um, I don't know. Stop that. You never stop that. All right. Now we gotta have the real talk with Max here. We gotta take advantage of him. Listen, Dan wants to leave. He's like, he's so mad that you must have had a bad weekend too, because the World Cup was fantastic. Oh yeah. And you were hated. Dude, tough week for the agenda. (laughs) Yeah, because the World Cup was great. I don't, I don't, you know, Jeremy and Dan beef about... Brady finally lost, but it was actually his fault. Like, uh... Yeah, I mean, listen, me and, me and Jeremy and Dan want to talk about, like, hyperboles and stuff. I feel like I'm a pretty non-hyperbolic person. But I will say this, and I don't think it's hyperbole. Not only was that the best soccer game of all time, I think when you consider narrative, actual gameplay, emotion, what's on the line, that was the best sporting game of all time. You can disagree. But I think it's undoubtedly... Giants-Patriots Super Bowl. Yeah, and there's definitely other ones, right? But that is undoubtedly a top 10 sporting moment of all time, in my opinion. It was that good. Well, I guess you sure you'll answer this, but uh, for someone who hates the sport, um, what was the historical, just that Messi was... So yeah, so it was was very very similar to like the Patrick Mahomes-Tom Brady uh, Super Bowl, except Patrick Mahomes' team kind of failed him there, right? And the game wasn't close. So imagine a game where it was like one of the best games of all soccer games of all time, just in general, taken out of context. But then you put in the context of it's the Super Bowl and it's Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. But then imagine Tom Brady never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, you really have to understand just the arc that Messi went on. Just this this man had to go through to even get to this point. Like in 2014, this dude. Put the team on his back. One MVP of the tournament, the Golden Ball, like because soccer actually is a like, cool like award name. It's not that just, is like, cool. I'll give MVP that. or like that. Coach of the Year. They have like cooler shit. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But this man put the team on his back. He was fighting for Argentina against a far superior Germany side. Argentina had some bums in midfield, some bums in defense. It was this team was only messy. He worked his hardest. Germany got. Goal in extra time. Messi lost. He was crying. Everyone felt his emotions. Yeah, As that- the magic man, the magic man, he couldn't do it. Two years later, in the Copa America final, Messi has a chance again. Misses a penalty. He lets his own team down on an even easier stage. Doesn't take the trophy home for the Argentinians. Yet you see Messi again on cameras crying. Everyone says he's the GOAT. The best, but he's not getting it done at the international level. He's giving the Ronaldo fanboys so much oh, fuel. It's crazy. I hate being a fanboy Tw- of one player. <laughs> 2018. 2018 World Cup. Messi has a chance again. The Argentina that team, team is just sli- dysfunctional. That team slightly improved. People no, thought, people 2014 was a better team than 2018. Not really. For sure. And the coach? That coach was horrible. Coaching could be argued, but the 2014 Argentinian squad was quite poor. That's fair. 2018, they made a poor choice in starting keeper. I think that definitely stunted them, but I don't think that squad the was The coaching was horrible. He was rotating. Whatever. It's not, not but that point. Messi put the team on his back again. Carry the team versus Argentina. 
carried them back from a 3-0 loss in the group stage. Yeah. And then took them into battle versus France, the eventual tournament winners, and got them within inches and ultimately lost 4-3. People are saying it's over. That's Messi's last chance at a World Cup. But then, but then, two years ago, Messi leads Argentina to win the Copa America. And people start to have hope. People think that the one who everyone says is the GOAT, who holds the record for most goals in a season, most goals in a year, most assists in a season, most assists in a year, most trophies, most goals, most goals in a career, most assists in a career. Ball. He has everything. Name the record. Messi has it. He has another chance yeah. to win the World Cup. And this man did it in the most difficult way possible, fighting against who will potentially be the next best player in the world on an Argentina squad that is quite average and is starting bums from Brighton. No to Alexis he McAllister. Good. He was but good. He is playing for Brighton. Like, no France players are playing. He played in fire. He fought back. They had a 2-0 lead. France climbed back. 2-2. Argentina Ooh. had lost hope. Who scores the next goal? Of course it has to be Messi. France scores again. You see A.D. Maria crying on the bench. You know. Nepal all the momentum is lost. Argentina almost lose in extra time. Who steps up and calmly starts away the first penalty? Messi. It's him. Sets the tone. Argentina win the World Cup. And just, there's never been a more cohesive argument for a GOAT. Then Messi Whoa, is right now. Also, no cohesive argument. This is, like, this is like Tom Brady holding the rushing record, the receiving I, I record, the passing record, least interceptions, the other everything. Thing, the other thing you have to understand about Messi is just how beloved he is. Like, I don't know if there's a goat in another sport that is loved, universally loved as much as Messi. Respected as the there's goat. There's 1.5 billion Dan Foxes to Tom Brady's of people that love Messi. True, true. There's that true. Many. And oh, here's so the thing, and I'm one of them in the sense that, you know, I we know I grew up right, like, and Max can attest to this too. Messi, I wouldn't say he's my favorite player. I'm not a Messi fanboy in that sense, but the respect and love I have for Messi just as a watching talent of a player, just watching him do his thing, I always rooted for Messi. I was he was one of the pl top players I always rooted for. I loved, right? Wasn't my favorite player, but like but every time, you know, every time his whole Argentina career up until twenty twenty one was just Tears, tears. He was always compared to Maradona kind of unfairly because Maradona had a stacked Argentina team that he also led, but Maradona had the World Cup. And in the in the middle 2010s, Messi was being lambasted by his by the Argentinian fans and supporters. Never forget that guy, uh, Aranos or whatever his name is, who's like, Messi's a fraud because he can't do it on the international level. First off, dumbest take then. Messi was retired in 2018. And People forget that. Every, every, tournament, the team. every tournament, he was crying. When asked, when asked, you can see how much it meant to him. When asked, and Argentinians, when asked, uh, what would you rather have? Five uh, Ballon d'Ors, which is for you guys. And at home, it's the MVP. So, and he has seven of them. So he has seven MVPs. But would you rather have five Ballon d'Ors or World Cup? He said, easy, World Cup. So this was really his like thing for Argentina. And not only to win it, but to score two goals have an incredible tournament, and he didn't do it against Mbappe, who was, the France team is better than Argent Argentina, also, but how, they played bad. How old is Messi now? 35. Not, it was his last World Cup. If yeah. he plays at 39, he won't be good anymore. I was just like, because he's not like a young guy doing this. No, he's 35. He's on the decline. He, like, he's still great, but he's on the yeah, decline. Like, this is yeah. his last chance. True, and it was his true. last chance, he and he clutched. Mbappe did his best to drag his France team. He was incredible. Hat-trick in, in the finals. Also, listening to Peter Drury, damn, that's so sexy. Oh, the commentary was um, awesome. Um, but yes, who's also the goat of commentating of all sports. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just great seeing penalties too. Martinez, 
what what a goalie. I mean, yeah, obviously True. club level is not great, but he makes one of the clutchest saves in the final seconds of the game. Would have actually made Mar- Ar- Argentina win if Laro Mar- Lar- no, Martinez didn't fumble the bag. And then in penalties, he's messing with the players. It's like when he won. He also won them the 2021 Copa America when he said he told it was the most sick moment. Uh, who was it? A Yetna for Ecuador? Uh, Colombia? Colombia-Argentina in the finals, and Yetna steps up. Uh, it's the first penalty, and he's laughing because Martinez is clapping at him. And Martinez says, points at him, he says, I know you're laughing, but you're scared inside. I'm going to save it. You're f- and Yetna takes a shot, and of course Martinez saves it, they win. Here, he saves Coleman's penalty. Uh, Tukamani, oh, I forget his name. Uh, Tukamani's penalty goes wide, they win it. And it was just, it was just the narrative. The whole team was fighting for Messi, the whole country was fighting for Messi. The, the fans went crazy after the game, it was nuts. It was, it's, it, it's the perfect last dance. Michael True. Jordan, you know, everyone says that documentary. Michael Jordan almost had the perfect last dance. He pretty much did of basketball. Wait, you're going to by Todd Bowles in the perfect last dance? Yeah, exactly. But, but, Messi legitimately had, I can't imagine a better last dance. And all goats deserve a last dance in reality. Um, even if you don't like them. So, it was just beautiful to see him capture the one shining thing in his career at the final touch. I, it was just, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was sports himself as a leader and too. To be honest, I a was, leader. I was crying a little bit because like, no, I was because like, this is a person I've watched throughout. Like, I just like, I've always seen you cry when you reach double digit likes on Twitter. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was crying a little bit because like, this is a person I grew up watching, grew up like loving, playing him on FIFA all the time, talking about him with Max at lunch all the time. And he was always lambasted and like, Listen, now now I'm no longer 16, I'm 20, about to be 21 in two months. Maybe that's me being ridiculous because I'm not old yet, but like I feel old. And like here is one of my, one of my soccer heroes completing his final Mount Rushmore. It's pretty impressive to see. And he was over, he was always the GOAT. He as Peter Drew always says, the little boy from Rosario, Argentina. And now he's just it, there's no debate. It is incredible. Alright, any anything else for you guys to get off your chest? I'm coming back. Here I come. I don't know. I I'm think it's important just to note how Messi is a goat who is a family man. Yeah, yeah. Who is a leader in his country. And is just such a great person who married his childhood sweetheart and made sure that everyone <laughs> in his Argentina was loved. On the Argentina team when Alexis McAllister was being bullied by his own teammates for being a ginger, Messi said no. <laughs> Be nice to McAllister. Be nice to McAllister. That's just how good of a person bad, Messi is. If you're bad Compare about- that to Jordan. Compare that to Brady. Like, this dude ain't have so much more dog in him to win this no, World no. Cup final than those assholes. If like, you're mad come about on. getting bullied because you're ginger, first off, you're soft. Second off, dye your hair. <laughs> That's true. But also, right? no, I do want to end on that note. Is that, like, Messi is the consummate teammate, right? Like... And I'm not saying all these other goats of other sports aren't good teammates. They obviously are. Obviously, <laughs> are. obviously are. They wouldn't be. Shut up. They wouldn't yeah, be. LeBron is a pretty teammate, to be honest. How? Yeah. How? Explain. No, we're not having this debate now. Stat he's not farming, bro. Like, come on. He not, doesn't stat farm. He oh. does that exact shit, bro. This is and like, it's bro. kind of sad. To I was see actually really talking about my roommates like a week ago about how like this, so little bag, so little bag, bro. Yeah, it was about me. No, so little back, bro. Just because someone else said this it. This man bro. said, oh, I'm going I'm to be the first KD and go to Miami. And then no one gave a s***. Hey. My decision. It's not all LeBron. My decision. <laughs> it's always about LeBron. <laughs> going to, like, the Lakers and saying, oh, Lakers, you better get me AD. 
Messi is the perfect because he can't do it with a bunch of supporting role players. Jimmy Westbrook. He never Jimmy wanted. Westbrook. He never wanted the media attention. It was always about his teammates. No. Whenever talk, when it, I saw all these interviews after the game of like, it, he never complimented himself, even though he scored two goals and has made many of the assists. It was always about his teammates did good, his coach did good. He was the best teammate. He was incredible, and yeah, I mean that's what you want. He was the consummate professional, consummate teammate. He was just, he was like, there's nothing wrong. There's no flaw to him. People said his national career was a flaw. Even if he didn't win this, it wouldn't have been. But now there's no debate. It's the perfect ending. All right, NBA. Max, feel free to stay. TBH is a better role. All right, I Max Farrell, thank you for joining on for that impassioned World Cup talk. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. I love Dick Ryan Messi for a little bit. That's what we look for when we bring on a guest. Someone who's going to yeah. bring a little fire. All right, you know, there's a lot you can say about this podcast. We don't have a lot of strong emotions. You know, we're not really that passionate about what we talk about. <laughs> Not at all, no, not no, not no, at all. no, no. But Max brings that fire. Max is the only one. All right, thank you to Max for coming on again. You're welcome. <laughs> he says you're welcome from the distance as he's leaving the Els Gordon premises. Um, let's do good, and I want to start with Dan here because this is surprising because he's given this team a lot of hate, but I'll let you take the Well, I haven't given this to you. It's just that your idiot friend keeps telling me, oh, this team, oh, they can't lose to the Celtics, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you gotta give it so up. that once. They, I know, but you know me. Uh, they won six in a row. The Brooklyn Nets, by the way, that's who we're talking about. The Brooklyn Nets have won six in a row, ten of their last eleven. And, look, they, they had the Steve Nash thing in the beginning, obviously, the Kyrie things. It's been a huge controversy. But, you still got Ken, Kevin Durant playing at an MVP level. Thirty and a half points per game. Um, shooting 60% from the field this month. That is crazy. So you got him, you got Kyrie, uh, Ben Simmons contributed a little bit. Uh, they've always had good depth. You know, this team, with the Celtics falling off a little bit, the 76ers with their injuries, the Bucks have had been kind of up and down. You know, the door is open for the Nets. That's all I'll say. All right, I'm going to go next, and is my home team the Knicks? They're 8-2 in their last 10. They were just on an eight-game win streak that was snapped. Um, but really, they were without Quentin Grimes, which has been really the cog, the glue guy. To this whole team, they're 11-5 and five when he starts. Oh, then R.J. Barrett, I mean, Jalen Brunson's performing for his contract. The Knicks got weirdly, I, and I said this, they got a weird amount of hate for this. No reason. He's been great so far. Julius Randle, you know, I still don't like him a lot, but he's performing again like he did two years ago. He's, he's proving his worth. And they've got good depth. Hartenstein's valuable minutes quickly when Grimes is a great sixth man. Deuce McBride has played great defense and can shoot the three ball. So that's, they've really done, hung their hard head on defense and depth. And Grimes, as I said, the great glue guy. RJ Barrett, still very streaky. I'm kind of losing my hope on him because I thought, you know, he's just too inconsistent to be a star in this in this league. But when he's on, he's on. So that's good, at least. And this team has the makings of a potentially a 60. I can see him now getting over the Jeremy's love, the Hawks, who've been really bad, and Trey Young might mm. explore a trade. We can talk about how cool that take was later. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm very proud of this team, finally. They're still not going to beat the likes of the 76ers, Nets, Box Celtics in a playoff series, but there's some competency, which is really what you want to see. You know, some a lot of franchises think we're gonna we're gonna tank, and we're gonna we're gonna um get the first pick, and and we're gonna be great again. But that doesn't work if your franchise is not competent, and there's still obviously not full competency. James Dolan, of course, is the owner, so it'll never be full competency. But there's nice to see some competency on the floor, and that's the start of all good teams. So good to see for the Knicks, Jeremy. Your good is the Cavs. The Cavs, I know we predicted it. The Cavs have been, quite frankly, incredible this year. They're currently on a five-game win streak. They just beat the Bucks, which was the is considered the best team in basketball. 
They've been six and two since Jared Allen came back, and honestly, they've been really great and have kind of solidified themselves as like a, a serious contender. Which I think I expect them to be good. I did not expect them to be a serious contender at this point. So it's just been really, really impressive. Three East teams. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's a new age. But yeah, um, um, I think it's because like early on we saw the Bucks and the Celtics, you know rise so far ahead of everybody yeah. else, and now I think the gap's starting to close. Which is just, you know, no team's as good as they look at their best, or as bad as they look at their worst. For sure. And I think we're starting to see things sort of even out and come together and get a little closer than we, you know, looked like in the beginning. No, yeah, for sure. And the Cavs, and Donovan Mitchell was a perfect fit for the Cavs. We talked about this in other podcast episodes, and you're seeing it now. I mean, he's the, he's exactly what the team needed. They're, they're really great. All right, bad. I'll start first because I was watching the Lakers game last mm-hmm. night, and it's all bad. It's mm-hmm. all bad. Even with AD, it was kind of bad. But without AD, who's been playing out of his mind, of course, until when he inevitably got injured, this team has nothing. They're cooked. It's the personnel, but it's also the coaching. I saw the Kings run the same play three straight times for a uh, Davion Mitchell corner three, and the Lakers, they got beat by it the first time. The second time, they didn't react either. So, okay, fine. The third time, how are you staying still? How are you staying still on offense, on defense? It's the same exact set. How can you not recognize the same set you've been hit on the same two plays? And the Kings just, in the third and fourth quarter, they were running a variation of five different sets, and the Lakers couldn't stop it. God knows why. It should have been extremely easy to read once you saw it two times. But no, they can't. They're too slow. They're too old. Whatever. And on offense, it's almost as bad. There was very few plays in which I saw any movement. It was more like, all right, LeBron, figure this out for the team. And yeah, LeBron figures it out a good amount of the time, but not enough to win games by himself. Uh, you can't, you can't just have. And, and LeBron never had the deepest bag anyway. So when he, when he, when he's what, thirty-seven or thirty-six? Thirty. He's about to turn thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Oh wow, I was wrong. So he's about to turn thirty-eight. Old for ba- especially for basketball. The dude just can't be ice wing every play, and then. No one's cutting. The few time, the few times they did cut, LeBron found them. It was pretty good. But no one's cutting. He's just ice swinging. And he doesn't have. He doesn't have the energy or the bag anymore to blow by the defender every single possession. Some sometimes he literally just. And I saw this against the Celtics. They played a great comeback, but they literally ran out of gas. The final shot by LeBron was horrible. He took a step back when he could have easily just blown past Grant Williams. They got the switch and he just didn't. Because, because every is, offensive set runs through LeBron. Or he's gassed. Yeah, he's he's gassed. gassed, and the team is just standing there around him. Dennis Schroeder had some great four great plays, six points, two assists, and then the rest of the time he's standing. The rest of the team standing. You can't have a team just standing. It is horrible, and yeah, this team just looks cooked. Yeah, speaking of teams that might be cooked, let's talk about the Golden State I don't, to start before you go, I don't think they're cooked. I think they have some problems now. They got to figure out, but their team is mostly injured. That's why. I don't think it's due to cooking. Well, let me just talk about the Warriors for a second because I think we're seeing signs. You know, maybe maybe the chicken's not all done here, but they're turning up the temperature. Uh, I don't know much about cooking, as you guys know. That's um, a pretty good one, though, even though you don't know about um, But this team is a mess without Steph Curry. They've lost five out of six. They allowed 132 and 143 in back-to-back games against the Knicks and the Nets, the two teams we just talked about. And look, you can say, yeah, the Warriors, you know, once Steph Curry, as Jeremy flips off Zach Wilson, once they get back Steph Curry, you know, they'll figure things out. They always do. Well, if the season ends right now, they're not in a playoff spot. And they're they're only one and a half games out to play in. But they're 25th in defensive rating. They look like a 
they don't even look like the same team, even with Curry, as they were last year, save that game against the Celtics. So, if Curry's out for a couple more weeks and they keep losing, because right now this looks like a bad basketball team, they're going to really need to turn things around quickly to not only avoid the play-in, but get in the playoffs in the first place. No, yeah, you're, you're, you're correct. They can't just rely on Curry. I think they'll figure some things out. They still got prospects. Kuminga, Poole, Wiseman's been a disappointment, but he's still a prospect there. Moody, so I'm not fully concerned like the Warriors, like I am the Lakers, but definitely concerning... And they're definitely very Curry-reliant right now. Though Klay Thompson's been a little better as of late. All right, Jeremy, you want to talk about your darling team? I do. Okay, and first, let me put it like this. I'm talking about the Hawks. For those who didn't listen, going into the NBA season, I was pretty hot high. Take. Hot take high on the Hawks. And so far, that hasn't panned out. I mean, I'm not selling my stocks yet. They're 16 and 15. They're not horrible, right? They're still around 500. DeJounte Murray and Johns Collins have been in and out of the lineup, so they're finally, I think, just starting to get healthy-healthy, which should at least provide a bit of a boost. But quite honestly, they just haven't... I think I they haven't performed the way I expected them to. Defensively, they really especially have not been great. Which we said. Which we did. you guys did say. I think I thought the duo would be better than they are. I've always, I think, been a bit... Especially since that Knicks run where they beat the Knicks and then... Uh, Trey Young went on to get to the Eastern Conference Finals a few years ago. I've always been, I think, higher on Trey Young than most people are, which I'm now realizing this year might have been a bit unjustly so, because as I mentioned, while he is fantastic at offense, his defense leaves a lot to be desired. And, and they have some team chemistry problems with him, it sounds like. I yeah. mean, you never know how true those reports are, but still, the reports. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I guess what I'd say is this. I'm not selling my stock yet. It's midway through the season. They're not at, midway through the season. It's still like the third of the way through the season. Yeah. My third. point is, they're a, they're a game above 500. They're not awful. Or like, right? I still think it's very possible they go on a run. But I admit, as of this instant, my prediction is very much not looking great. All right, MVPs. And I'll start with Dan. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, again, we're not, talk, we're not necessarily talking MVPs of... The entire season. We're just talking about who's been the MVP since we last, or who who, who, is, who is our yeah who is our podcast oh. MVP. Jerry might have misread that based on that O. Um, but I want to talk about Nikola Jokic because the last time we talked, we were talking a lot about Jason Tatum, well deserved. And we were talking a lot about Giannis, well deserved. But we gotta understand first off, this dude, he's looking like he probably needs a championship, but not just a Hall of Famer, but a surefire Hall of Famer. A Inner Circle Hall of Famer. One of the best centers of all time. Like, he's going down that path. What he's doing this season is just miraculous. Yes, his points are down. But career high in shooting percentage. He's shooting 61% from the field. And that's the one who takes... Three shots. Three ball shots. He takes threes. He takes threes. And his assists are at a career high. I mean, 9.2 assists for a center. And, of course, still getting double-digit rebounds. The Nuggets are first in the West. So, it's it, this is going to be a really good MVP race, which we haven't really had in the last... Uh, I guess last year. Embiid and Jokic was. It was, yeah, that was a good It one. didn't have as many players, but the two This were. should be good. But how could you rule out Jokic? Just how good he is, how valuable he is. I I'll mean, tell you why. He just scored 40, 27, and 10. That's yeah. unbelievable. I'll tell you why I can rule out Jokic and why I'm still... I want to push back a little bit because... On offense, yeah, he is he's the peak. If you want to say how has basketball evolved, Jokic is the answer. He's peak offensive efficiency, 
scores well, but also is a timely score. He doesn't just put up points. Great passer as a center. Three-level score. A great rebounder. Maybe one of the top, a top five passer in the league as a center. But his defense is still bad. And it is. It's just bad. He is a defensive liability. Maybe not a horrible defensive liability, but he's still a defensive liability as well as this Nuggets team is also a defensive liability as a team. And well, you got to be good on both ends. But he's already he just won the last two MVP. Yeah, and that, and by the way, my criticism and last year... And better this year. And I, my criticism last year with his MVP was Embiid is infinitely better than him on defense. And I continued that criticism into the playoffs when he was substituted out against the Warriors on the, fi- the final two games. He was substituted out against the Warriors, well, Warriors for defensive are, sets. Well, Warriors are a whole different animal. I, I mean, guess, okay. They're small. They're there is one other. Need more perimeter guys. You know? That's fair. Well, actually, but Jokic is just like, you got to be better at defense if you're Jokic. you got to be. Take that I step off. The, the one thing I will also say about Jokic is, I think the fact that he's won the last two MVPs for this one actually Voter works. fatigue. Exactly. I think mm-hmm. voter fatigue works against me, not for me, because he won the last two MVPs, and then what did he do in the playoffs? Nothing, right? Well, I don't I think, think that has any I mean, playoff... Has no impact on yeah, even the previous years. Um, officially, guys, like, guys like Hall of Fame, but not like I. I'm not sure. Officially, no. In terms of voter fatigue, I think it actually does. Yeah, yes. that's fair. That's fair. I, I agree that it's not supposed to, but I don't think they want to vote the same MVP three times in a row that then does nothing in the playoffs every time. With that said, though, I am being a little hypocritical because my pick for MVP is Luka Doncic, and here's why: he's the one player currently who he's. He's not, his scoring isn't nearly at the pace it was early in the season, but he's still top, the one player in the league who's top five in scoring right now, top five in assists. Statistically, I believe he's probably the best player right now, and I guess to me is kind of following the Nikola Jokic model, you don't need to be a star in the playoffs or to be like a top player. Oh, he was a star in the playoffs. He got no, no, the no, semifinals. Let me, let me finish one thing. You, like, you don't need to ha- be on a very competitive playoff team to get the, to get the MVP. Oh, yeah. I do believe you need to be on a playoff team. But I kind of think that, I know they're not doing that great right now, I kind of think by season's end, the Mavericks will be a playoff team. I don't think they're going to be a great playoff team, but I think the Mavericks as a whole will do just enough and go just far enough to get Luka then. Well, to be fair, uh, yeah, I want mean, to be clear here. If I have to pick an MVP, it's still Jason Tatum. Yes, yeah, Luka. Mine, mine would be Luka and then Jason Tatum. Um... But, you know, Luca, mine would be Luca and Jason Tatum. Although he did oh, miss... I he did miss... What do you guys think of missing a game? That's fine. It's his son's birthday. I don't care. Um, there's 82. So, I will say that the talent of this league is crazy. Because there's like six players probably deserving the MVP. And in 2004, Steve Nash was getting it for averaging 20 and 11. Mm. Now that would be... Efficient. Fair, but and it wasn't even, no, it was like 15. It was 15 11. Yeah. And he wouldn't even be top 10 now, no. um, which is kind of crazy. Thing because about. the Spurs and everyone thinking you had to win, and the Spurs and the Pistons were playing like 85, 82, no, not even that, like 70, 65 games. And yeah. But anyway, um, so my MVP is, I actually think it's going to be Luke or Jason Tatum, but I want to shout out Kevin Durant mm. for having, I, maybe it's not underrated, I feel like it's a pretty underrated, crazy good season. Let me just read out some of his stats. Um, thir- um, 30.1 points per game, pretty great. Two turnovers a game only, considering how much he has the ball. 1.6 blocks a game. That's nuts. 5.3 assists, 6.6 boards. He's shooting 93% from free throw, 36% from three, which is actually a little down. I would, I would expect him to shoot like 37, 38. And 56% from the field as a wing. He's him. He's a scoring... He's not only a scoring bucket, he leads this Nets team. He's the heart and soul of this Nets team. But he's been great on the defensive end this year, which he's always underrated at. 
But this here is really putting it on together. 1.6 blocks is great. And his advanced stats also, which I don't have pulled up right now, are also great on the defensive end. He is a leader of a rising team. So yeah, I got to shout out Kevin Durant. Alright, that was the good, the bad, and fantasy. We have some poetry for you. Jeremy, of course, will go first with the AFC. Alright, here's my AFC poem. Uh, it's fitting given this game. Being a Jets fan is the best way to stay humble. As soon as we start to rumble, every goddamn time we manage to fumble. We lost 27 to the Lions. Really? If Zach Wilson says a word about this loss, even a mumble, I am ready to look for our next quarterback on Bumble. Speaking of people who fumble, let's look at Matt Ryan's resume. Hall of Fame quarterback, some say, but those forget the day of 28-3 when Brady took it away. And now, December 17th, 2022, when the Vikings 33-0 finally let Kirk Cousins finally be the hero. Lamar Jackson gets too much media attention. His fans have too much satisfaction. Well, <laughs> Jackson's lack of play had quite a reaction. Scoring only three points against the Browns. God, even Ellis on Snow can gain more traction. And even Pac McQuiston has more attraction. If you don't know him, look it up. It's a great distraction. I'm now convinced Josh Allen is not human. The Dolphins may be good, but losing 29-32, everyone has a show and Josh Allen's Truman. Or even better, the Bills are Chicken Tikka Masala, and Allen is the world's best cumin. Now we go on to the games that don't warrant discussion, because watching them makes me want, to want Dan to give me one of Alice's favorite football hits so I can get a concussion. The Browns beat the Cardinals, and now we'll pretend their 4-10 record has no repercussions. Well, the Steelers' win against the Panthers game made me want to... Banging my head against a wall is a new form of percussion. Did you know the Chiefs were down 21-0? That's a lie, but this game really made it feel like they wanted to throw. Took overtime to beat the 1-12 Texans. Really? The Chiefs were guys and Texans were David if he had too many PEDs. The Titans Charger game makes no sense if you just condense the stats. Robert had no touchdowns and two picks. Yet it is him who dispensed the Titans who, like Martian Lynch at the media stand, were way too tense. I'm mad at the Cowboys. Felt like they scored more points than there's corn in Illinois. Yet the Jaguars still won, and now today, it is the Jets' playoff hopes they may destroy. Remember when Brady beat the greatest show on turf? I don't. Time decided to give him a nerf. And, while, and now, while the Bengals are full-size humans, Brady looks more like a smurf. Thing can go wrong, will go wrong. Brady's season has become the law of good old Murph. Now we come to the second half of the Patriots dynasty. Detailed Bill Belichick loses on a lateral gone wrong. The Raiders won, and it must have been a case of piracy. Someone gave all of Bill's skill away, and it blew up in the Atlantic Sea. They have come where the Jets are more hope than both Bill and Brady, and I have never been more happy. That is a lie watching this game! But that's my call. Yeah, and you didn't even see. He missed a wide-open, wide-ass-open touchdown. That, there's, there's some lines in there that are just pure genius. Yeah, let's we'll compare that to me. I only since I got the, I got the late call for this poetry. Uh, little another miscommunication. I only did the purely NFC games that Jerry didn't talk about. All right, another win for the 49ers and their wonder kid Purdy. Their offensive structure is just so sturdy. Tyler Lockett broke his hand and thus broke my heart. My fantasy season is really just falling apart. Oh, the NFC South, what fun! Falcons and Saints. Do we really care who won? Desmond Ritter clearly isn't ready. Can we eliminate these teams already? The Eagles and the Bears play a surprisingly good game, but in the end, it was Jalen Hurts who came up lame. An injury will knock him out of at least week 16. Get ready for a boatload of Miles Sanders screams. A goal line stand saved the day for the Giants, although it was surely referee reliant. 
The Giants now look like a lock for the playoffs. Saquon fantasy owners are finally getting their payoff. The Packers beat the Rams, but that wasn't the main story. As always, Aaron Rodgers needed all the glory. Throwing Christian Watson under the bus for running the wrong route. Surely that will end his lengthy championship drought. That's it. That was very good, very good. No, no Jeremy, but still very what, solid. What, what, uh, dive into that. Aaron Rodgers uh, going on national TV and saying... He was well, joking around. It was not a big deal. He, was he? Yeah, he was. He was, was he? about it. He's I a loser. I, you know how much I hate Aaron Rodgers? I never pretend not to hate Aaron Rodgers, but that was ridiculous. He was just, he was just being... He was just joshing around. Yeah. But it does... Sure. No, but I will say that in that instance, I don't think it was that big of a deal, but it does showcase a... Uh, Stuff that when he's not joshing around, that's ridiculous, you know, like... Well, yeah. uh, to be fair... See, that's I why did... I think he's not joshing around, because he'll say stuff No, like that. that I actually... Will say, it is true, because that is definitely something he will say and has said earlier in the season, not as a joke. Yeah. Alright, predictions time. Before I want to preface, I got a final due at 12 today, so no wacky sport of the week again. I'm sorry to disappoint my fans, our fans of the podcast, but we'll be back better than ever with the wacky sport next week, but it has to be scratch today, because... Your boy's got his final, final due final, at 12 final. p.m. All right. Fun. Well, we got one more segment for you. Well, one and a half more. Predictions. And let's start with some basketball. And speaking of two teams that were, that were in the good, let's talk about them. On Monday, Nets versus Cavs. We're split. Me and Jacob got the Nets. Jeremy and Dan got the Cavs. Mm, Jeremy, you want to take it? Uh, Sure. I mean, I think I kind of said a lot of it earlier on my Cavs take, I just think they're on a five-game win streak. They're really, really hot right now. They've been playing great. They just got back to Aaron Allen, and I just think that the Cavs are a very much more complete team while the Nets are very KD-reliant. Good point. That's fair, but I don't think they're totally KD-reliant. Kyrie's been playing great. The role players, Utah Watanabe, Joe Harris has really turned it on. Joe Harris has been the best isolation defender in the last ten games. And they're the hotter team, six straight wins. Uh, by I know I know the Cavs have also on a little win streak, but they, they they've demolished teams. They scored ninety one points and a half against the Warriors. I just can't pick against the hotter team. Convenient that uh, convenient that the one time I've built a big lead in predictions, you don't announce the scores. Oh, you're right. That's my bad. No, that wasn't. That was no collusion. Yeah, sure. That was not collusion at all. I'm sorry to Dan. I don't think we need to announce the scores. God, no, let's 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 do it. I was not doing. It. Before <laughs> we move on, let's announce the scores. This has been a very um, rough session. Jeremy's in last place with 2 out of 12, 17%. I think if he just picked randomly, he would have done better. You can't be as bad as, like, wow. Sorry, Jeremy. Me and Jacob are tied 50%, 6 of 12, and Dan, after two straight losing uh, rounds, is now up by three. Early dominating start for Dan. 9 from 12, he's been killing the game. We'll see if he stays that trend in week three. Eight weeks left to go. We're in week three. Buck Celtics split again. That's how you know these predictions were good. Jeremy Jacob, you got yeah, the Bucks. Games. You'll 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 talk about yeah. Thanks, Dan. You'll talk about the Bucks for Jacob too. So go ahead. I think for me, I will take the Bucks. They're currently, in my opinion, maybe the hottest team in basketball because they're the best team in basketball, most complete. Giannis is having an MVP season. I think it's a very good game. I think for me, it's a pretty basic take. I just genuinely trust the Bucks and have trouble picking. Against. Yeah. So I think you know the Celtics have been a slumbering team. I wouldn't say going through the motions, but they've had you know I've actually been watching like Al Horford. That, that's how bored I've been. Al Horford was ejected, and then Jason Tatum missed the game, and you know they're still trying to work in Robert Williams and Marcus Smart was out. This is just the wake up call they need. Get the Bucks in here, and this is a team that is at full strength. They're, I mean, they they got Robert Williams back. If Marcus Smart comes back, it was an illness. So if he comes back. They'll have their whole team. It's going to be a rowdy Sunday Christmas crowd in Boston. 
And uh, I think they pull this one out. Yeah, I also want to say Giannis is playing MVP like, but so Jason Tatum, and I think they pull this one out too. 76ers, Knicks. Again, split. Me and Jeremy got the 76ers. Dan mm-hmm. Jacob, you got the Knicks. Tell me why. As we said, the Knicks are red hot. I mean, how could you? Uh, you're the one who said it. Yeah, I did say it. How are you picking? How are you picking against the Knicks? This team has. They, they found it. I mean, I called it the mid three. It was disrespectful when they won eight in a row. I know it just got snapped. And they're at home. Another. I, you always got to favor the home teams on Christmas. That's true. You know? You know so that, I picked three home teams. I, I forgot it was Christmas. It's mm. kind of my bad because they should have. Well, we're Jewish. Maybe so might have. Exactly. Maybe might have swayed my opinion a little more. That said, that said, the Knicks still struggle guarding centers. And Joel Embiid is the best center in the game, other than Nicole Jokic. <laughs> so he's going to feast. And I think that the 76ers are coming healthier. Harden's been great recently, and I'm going to go against my home team Knicks. But, you know, you know, if they lose, I'm pretty upset considering that I pick against them on Christmas. But I forgot it was Christmas, so mm-hmm. that's on me. Not enough research in the department. Yeah. Giants-Vikings. It's a Vikings sweep. I want to say before someone says why the Vikings, I almost picked the Giants. I think this is a bit of a trap game. Yet the Vikings have seemed to always win trap games by three points. And they just came back 33-0, so I just feel like they're going to win this game. I mean, the Vikings are one of those teams where, what the hell did he make of last week? Because one way, they had the biggest comeback of other all time. Or the other way, they were down 33-0 against the Colts. But that's been the story of the Vikings' season. They've sucked, but they've found ways to win. And yeah. I don't think this Giants team is that good where they can stop the Vikings. And I think it'll be a close game. I think both of these teams are frauds, for being honest. I but, agree. It'll be a close yeah. game. I think the Giants will have a chance to win, but the Vikings have figured ways to pull it out every single time this year. So I'm going to pick the Vikings. Kind of a likely uh, first-round matchup. We could see this in the same sure. building. I think the Vikings, because I think just sometimes you just overwhelm team with your star power. And the Giants may be better coach. They might be better coach. I don't know. Kevin O'Connell's a pretty good coach. But they, like... I mean, I, I still can't get that Cowboys game out of my head. I still can't get them, you know, losing 40-3 to at home. Well, the Cowboys, oh, are you talking about the Vikings or the Giants? I'm talking about the Vikings. Oh, the Giants, yeah, the Giants. That's are what I'm saying. I think the Giants are, you know, I think the problem is the person the personnel, not the yeah. coaching. And I think it's the, I mean, any team could really win with Prime, with Jefferson Cook. and Maybe. And so, but I'm going to get this edge of the Vikings at home and just their star power overwhelming. All right, Cowboys, Eagles. Dan says Eagles. Yeah. And he knows that Minshew's going to be starting, so... Why? I do know Minshew's going to be starting, but I think that Jalen Hurts gets all the attention, but this is just a really, really good team. If you take Jalen Hurts out, it has an argument them and the 49ers would be the best roster in football. And this team... I mean, they're the best rushing team in football. Yeah. And they're the best defense. And, again, I don't... It comes down... I don't really trust the Cowboys coaching. I don't trust... Prescott in a big in big games where they need to win. Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, they haven't consistently shown they could do it. So gonna be a little ugly. Uh might caught me into a little turnovers. Might be a 25 rush Miles Sanders day, coupled in with five from Boston Scott and five from Kenneth Gainwell. But I think the Eagles, they're gonna show you they're not just Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I like the take. I think it's bold, but the perfect amount of bold, but No, I have room to be bold. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I I got to go with the better quarterback matchup. And, you know, the Eagles are very well-rounded, but so are the Cowboys. They got C.D. Lamb, who I think is a bit of a fraud. Uh, but I'm, I'm worried. I'm also worried about that Cowboys defense. And I, I That's will. That's true. They've been a bit... How they looked against the, the Packers, how yeah. they looked against the Jaguars. I, I will also say, just in terms of the Eagles, Gardner Minshew isn't a horrible quarter. No, he's a good backup. This, yeah, right? This isn't like a, a unprepared, like, in-game backup. Yeah. Mm. 
But my point is only, and no, I am picking the Cowboys. I do think the Cowboys are going to win. I think their just defense will overwhelm Minshew in his first start in a long time. And I think it'll be a low-storing game, but I do think the Cowboys are going to win. But, I, yeah, I admit, both this game and the Giants-Viking games, I was going back and forth. Good, good guess to say, Dan. Speaking of Trace McSorley, I said that on purpose because we're going to talk about the Buccaneers Cardinals to wrap it up. We've all got the Buccaneers. And yeah, you could say it's Tom Brady for Trace McSorley, and that's definitely a reason. And I hate when but, people only talk about the quarterbacks. One second. But, you know, Dan loves talking about how incompetent Todd Bowles and this Buccaneers team is. Well, they may only be superseded by Cliff Kingsbury and yeah, the Cardinals. It's, a, it's an, an incomp-off. It's, it's an incomp-off, and I think the Buccaneers win. The Incomp-Off. And you've seen, even if against incompetent teams, Brady's been able to muster enough to come back. So even if they're down late, I still think Brady... And those incompetent teams off. usually have pretty solid defenses. I know you could argue that the Rams didn't have... I mean, maybe on paper, but still Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. No, the and Rams the Saints had a too. The Saints. The Rams had a better defense than the Saints. Saints have a pretty good... They have a pretty good defense. They're fine. They're fine. Cardinals are not fine. Yeah. They're not fine. So, I think that, you know, the Bucks. They looked really good in the first half. If they just do some of those things against a good Bengals defense, motion, play action, literally everything I've been saying for all year, they just stick to that, which they got rid of it for the second half, and they don't call fake punts inside their own 20. God damn it, Bulls. And they don't kick 55-yard field goals with Ryan Suckup uh, when he's never made one longer than 50, and it doesn't even get to the goal line. And they actually show up to... I'm worried Todd Bulls is going to think this game's on Saturday. You know, I've been thinking about that all week. He's going to think it's on Saturday. Um, of course. All the rest of the games are on Saturday. I think he thinks it's on Saturday. But if he shows up, then I think the Bucks have a good uh, good chance of winning. Yeah, I think the Bucks just also are just more talented, too. All right. I think that is it. Again, no wacky sport of the week. Sorry. Finals got in the way. Mm. We'll be better. I'll be better back next week. But let's wrap it up now. Announcement. I think we're going to go back to football. Hmm. Over the breaks in football, maybe we'll discuss a little more baseball with Carlos Correa if any big deals go down. But I think all the big free agents are off the board. Yeah, maybe some part. trades. Um, maybe some know, trades. Sort of uh, winners and losers, and I think we know who the losers are. Yeah, lo- we'd love to do that, but we'll talk about some football, baseball. Yeah, don't forget, if you want to start a podcast, use Buzzsprout. The link to that is in our bio. So use Buzzsprout, great hosting site. It gets you on all the main directories. Very easy, simple to use. You can get the free plan or the played plan paid plan you You get an amazon gift card with the paid plan too so that's always nice help you boost the studio or the microphone or whatever listen to our own podcast and who's on top is who apostrophe s space o space on space top all the major directories except amazon we're most listened to on spotify and apple Podcasts. of course both on spotify and apple Podcasts. leave a rating and review hopefully it's five stars that would be lovely if not give us your constructive criticism We, we try to work at this podcast best we can also, follow us, uh, like the episodes, and turn on the notifications. We usually post on the weekends, but as I said, we are busy college students, mm. so that changes occasionally. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Watt.Podcast. It's capital W, rest lowercase, O-T dot P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Again, that's capital W, rest lowercase, O-T dot P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Twitter, we do polls. You always know when the new podcast is out. Audio clips from the podcast, and that's where you get all our predictions. Games are on Twitter. Like, you know, you know what games are important for the week. You know the standings for the weeks. Interact over there. It's a lot of fun. Plus, the link to our podcast is in our bio. Instagram, again, the link to the podcast is in our bio. There we also do questions and polls. We're interactive over there. You always know when the new podcast is out. We also do audio clips from the high, or highlights from the podcast. And we also add nice, fun face shops. Relevant face shops. 
and they're always fun to see. So follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and listen to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to our podcast at Who's on Top? It's WHO, Bosch VS, Space LN, Space TLP. With that, time to get back to finals for me. Mm. Have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.